So we're in the middle of a miscellaneous sermon series, and we are going to talk today about a habit of Jesus. And the title of our message is Into the Quiet. Into the Quiet. Who feels busy today? Maybe not today, but in general in their lives, who feels busy? Maybe a little like life is chaotic. Have we ever considered how chaotic busyness in our life affects our connection with God and our ability to be present with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit in even our own souls? You know, that we are in a global pandemic right now, right? Uh, I believe, I kind of want to maybe coin a new phrase when we think of global pandemics. Maybe it's the pandemic of noise. The pandemic of noise. C.S. Lewis, in the Screwtape Letters, which was a book, if you haven't read the Screwtape Letters, please do. It's a satire about, in essence, how the forces of evil uh, scheme against the faith of Christians. But Senior Demon Screwtape calls the devil's realm a kingdom of noise and claims we will make the whole universe a noise in the end. Andrew Sullivan, in his Manifesto for Silence and an Age of Noise, wrote this. The new epidemic of distraction is our civilization's specific weakness. And its threat is not so much to our minds, even as they shapeshift under the pressure. The threat is to our souls. At this rate, if the noise does not relent, we might even forget we have a soul. The title of our message, therefore, is Into the Quiet. And the thesis of our time together, what I want us to really consider and think about is how to escape the noise, enter like Jesus into the quiet, and experience life in the depths of our souls. Amen? I'm going to show a a three-minute, about two-minute video at this point. And I stole this from my wife. My wife led this life group called uh, The Listening Life. It's a phenomenal life group, but it talks about this or demonstrates this idea of noise. And I, it, it, the video is going to be a couple minutes, and it goes from very a noisy, chaotic to quiet. And I want you to not just enjoy the video, but even observe what goes on in your own soul as you experience this two minutes. Amen?
Is there a practice? Before I get into that, what, what did you feel? Boy, isn't that not a picture of our lives, right? From chaos, from the noise, into the quiet. This is what we're going to see Jesus repeatedly do uh, in our message today. Well, he did it a long time ago. We're going to talk about it in our message. This is what Jesus repeatedly did. Is there a practice from the way of Jesus that could help with us? A time-tested art form, or if we prefer a spiritual discipline even, that could set us up to thrive right in the middle of the noisy chaos of modern society. And I believe there is. The answer is yes. Jesus getting into the quiet. Let's go ahead and read. Get my clicker out here. Let's go ahead and read Mark chapter 1. We're first going to talk about Jesus' relationship to the quiet. In Mark chapter 1, I will be reading from the New American Standard. Helps to turn that thing on, huh, Alan? There we go. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted or tested by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. You know, this <clears throat> phrase, out into the wilderness, a lot of times we think of the wilderness and we think of like the you know, boundary waters, like, you know, like uh, uh, woods and that sort of thing. The word for wilderness isn't just mean the woods. The word is eremos, and it actually means a desert or deserted place or a desolate place, a solitary place, a lonely place, or a quiet place. So the first thing that the Spirit does with Jesus, it says immediately he impels him to go into the eremos, or into the quiet. Now, this, again, this word impel is the same word that's used about Jesus in casting out demons. And it means to draw out with force or to tear out with implication of force overcoming an opposite force. So what I want us to think about it is, could there be, like the screw tape letter said, a force of evil that's trying to get us more noisy and chaotic? And as we think about wanting to go to a quiet place, that there's actually forces that are resisting that. But the Holy Spirit overcomes that and helps us get to the quiet place. To lead one forth, Away somewhere where a force which you cannot resist, okay? So this is the beginning. The reason we wanted to start here is because this is the beginning of Jesus' mission and ministry. This is the beginning. The ministry of Jesus doesn't start with just doing a good work. It starts with the Spirit. It starts with the, in the place of quiet, the mission of Jesus Jesus goes on then to come back from the wilderness, and he preaches, he calls and makes disciples, he teaches, he heals bodies, minds, and souls. And that's what the church should be all about, amen? 
This is what we should be experiencing. The teaching of Jesus, the preaching of Jesus, the healing of Jesus, the following of Jesus, going and making disciples and maturing them in Christ. This is what the Spirit does. But then I want us to note quickly what happens in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place. Same word. He went away to the Eremos. And he was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said, everyone's looking for you. He said to them, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. Jesus had just spent 40 days in the quiet place, comes back for a few days of ministry, maybe even a day. It wasn't long. And then early, while it's still dark, he's like, I got to get back to the quiet. This is Jesus, okay? I got to get back to the Eremos. He quickly, intentionally returned to the quiet. This is where he, he was recentered, repurposed, re empowered, and redirected by his Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Luke chapter 5, verse 16. As kind of a summary of this habit, it says, But Jesus would himself would often slip away to the Eremos, slip away to the wilderness and pray. So we see specific examples of this. And then we just say, let me just say something that happened all the time around Jesus. He was constantly getting away. Sure, there was crowds, there was disciples, there was healings. This was going on all the time as well. But also all the time, he was slipping away to the Eremos. Here's an, an example. We see this in Matthew chapter 14. John the Baptist had just been horrifically murdered. His head chopped off, uh, unjust suffering. I love how Steve is talking a lot about unjust suffering, which is what we will experience often, not only as people, but especially as disciples. And so we better be prepared. Jesus had the same experience. Of course, him on the cross was the, the ultimate of unjust suffering, but he also had to process it in his own life. Now, Jesus was heard about John. He withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When he, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. I love this because this is just real life, right? Who has tried to get away from the noise? And found it difficult. Anyone else or is that just me? Because you got external noise that you can actually, but then there's the internal noise. The mind that just won't stop. The conversations in our head. The argument. Well, I have some amazing arguments with myself all, all, all alone. <laughs> right? And I usually win them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, but just the noise, right? This is Jesus. He's... He's had devastating news. He's grieving. I've got to get away. I've got to process this. Um, and then once he, once he gets to his retreat center, huge crowd, right? And that's just life. But listen to what he does. So then he, <clears throat> you know, we have the feeding of the 5,000, right? Little, little couple fish, bread, feeding the 5,000, discipling the apostles' hearts. Just send them away. We're tired. Uh, no, and there is a time to send them away, but right now you need to serve, okay? 
So we don't just always go away when we're tired. Sometimes we're tired, we got to keep serving, amen? Yet, uh, look at what he does in verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he'd sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. See, life happens when we try to get away. That doesn't mean we just give up on it. So often, getting to the quiet is the first thing to go instead of the first thing to go to. Jesus, yeah, he fed the 5,000. He had compassion. He healed their sick. And then he never gave up on his conviction, though, that I need to get into the quiet. And I love this language. He's like, Peter, you just fit, picture yourself in this conversation. All right, guys, you, you know, you need to, I don't think Jesus was passive aggressive. <sighs> kind of getting tired, huh, guys? Got a busy day tomorrow. Maybe you guys should work on your fishing. It was kind of rough a little earlier. No, he's like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to the mountaintop to pray. You're getting in the boat. Oh, can we go with you? Teach us to pray. Later. Right now, you need to go. Get, no, no, come on. Get, see the boat? Get in the boat. Ah, oh, come on. In the boat. Sounds like my conversation with Jayana this morning. Like, in the boat the car, whatever. No, you're getting in the boat, and then they're like, okay, well, we'll just wait here for you. Actually, no, you need to go to the other side. Why? Because he knows what they would do. What did Peter do already? Mark chapter one. Hey, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, someone, we missed one, right? Okay, no, get in the boat and go to the other side, okay? And then it says, while he dismissed the crowds. Crowds, don't go away mad, just go away. When I was a young disciple, I had a minister, and I was, I was a pretty eager disciple. And so I was at his door, I was knocking, I was getting input, and, and I would often hear, Joel, I love you, don't go away mad, just go away. Hey, this is what Jesus said to the crowds. This is what we need to say to the noise. Don't, actually, I don't care if you go away mad, okay, Mr. Noise. Uh, just go away. He dismissed the crowds, and then he didn't just stay there at the seashore. He went up on the mountainside all by himself to pray. Do you hear, do you see the incredible conviction, the intentionality, the preparing? The, we we kind of just think, oh, I'll just pray on my work on the way to car, or on, in the car on my way to work. When you get this age, that happens a lot, okay? Right? We don't prepare. We don't get to the quiet so we can really experience intimacy with the Father. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Jesus had a conviction, right? Uh, that he was going to get to the mountaintop to get to that quiet by himself. I want to talk about why. Why was he this way? Point number two is our relationship to the quiet. I put, there's a lot on this slide, and I kind of did it intentionally because I want, I want it all in one place. Go ahead and maybe take a screenshot of that if you'd like, and, and a screenshot picture. Uh, and please think about this. Examine this in your own mind, in your own walk with God. Um, 
the progression of noise, what noise does to our souls in our lives, and the progression of quiet. Why, was, why is noise so devastating to our soul, and why is quiet so essential? You know, when there's noise and there's chaos, I love the, the verse that the video about how God comes in a, in a gentle whisper. Elijah had to get away into the quiet. And there, he got pretty quickly away from the noise of people, but it took him a 40-day walk to get into the quiet of his own soul and into the presence of God. So we're distant from God. We get distant from ourselves. Whenever we're distant from God and out of touch with our true identity and selves, we just give ourselves over to the tyranny of the urgent. Are you with me here? It just We just get into... What's crying out loudest? Who's going to be the maddest if I don't get back to him? You know, you know, there's just always all kind of urgent that's important and often as disciples, good, godly, important things and people. Are you with me there? But it becomes tyranny. It becomes our Lord. And we just are served. This is what we're serving. We stop following Jesus and we're just following what's urgent and crying out the loudest. The tyranny of the urgent. When I get this way, there's just an undercurrent of anxiety. Even when I do something, that the anxiety just doesn't go away. Guys, we are living in an anxiety epidemic. We're, the anxiety, especially for younger people, is just it's, it's taking them away. The church needs to be a place. We need to be a place as disciples where the anxious world can come and experience something different. Amen? The undercurrent of anxiety. And then we always feel like I'm never done. Whose who's to-do list? You just, last one done, woohoo, done for the day. I got a couple hours to spare. I think I'll just go for a little walk. That's so rare, right? I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Um, but we're always behind, and therefore we're just exhausted. We're just exhausted. And then when we're supposed to have vacation, we end up calling, zooming in. To a meeting. We're supposed to have a Sabbath day. And it's like, oh, I got four meetings. Can't do it. Uh, we're supposed to, you know, we're just exhausted. And then we want to, we, we escape. I just, I'm not feeling good. I just want something to make me feel better. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Netflix. Sam Adams. Whiskey. Um... Pot, whatever porn, whatever drug of choice, just something to make my soul feel good because I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm discouraged, right? We escape into all this emotional and health comes in. We're, we're easily irritated. Uh, we are triggered by all kinds of things that really, after a day or so, it's like, really, I got that upset over that, right? Are you with me there or is this just me? Okay, uh, emotional health all over, all over the place. We're like spewing this toxicity out on our, the ones we love the most, right? Um, and there's just further distance. This is a progression of noise. Now let's talk about progression of quiet, okay? Progression of quiet. By the way, let, John Mark Comer, which uh, if this is at all connecting with you, please get this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Some of you maybe have read it. This is my new favorite book, okay, on this whole. I've just embarked on a whole, uh, uh, you know, life purpose, life work of understanding Sabbath and silence and solitude. This is an incredible book. But John Mark Comer says this. 
The noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one input we need most. How do you pray, read the scriptures, sit under a teaching at church, or rest well on the Sabbath when every chance you get, you reach for the dopamine dispenser that is your phone? Good stuff. Let's talk about the quiet. Progression of silence. St. Augustine said, entering into silence is, quote, entering into joy. Come away with Jesus. All who are weary and burdened, come away with me and I will give you rest for your soul. Come away with Jesus. Slow down. Slow the pace down. One of the practicals of this book is to actually drive the speed limit. Lame, right? But then, so, but then I did it the other day, and I'm like, what am I in the, is there a super slow lane? Because everyone's speeding by me, right? It's like, slow down. I'm trying to slow down. I'm trying to breathe deeper. I'm slowing down my golf swing. I'm slowing down my driving. I'm slowing down everything, right? It actually works. If you're a golfer, slow down that swing. It works, okay? Slow down. Come back to the present. Come back. Don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And when we do this, we actually begin to feel. Now, usually we feel we feel negative things first, right? We feel the anger, we feel the hurt, we feel the grief. But it's so important to feel those things in order to process and bring them into the presence of God. Um, you know, uh, there's a friend that we helped take a sabbatical, and he described how he was just had lost all joy in his life. And he was still, he was, he's a minister. He was doing the ministry. He's getting with people. He was engaged. But even big things that used to bring joy, much less smaller things, it was just gone. And he had a headache for like a year and a half, and his hands were starting to tremor. And he went on a sabbatical, and this is how he realized how exhausted he really was. After about a month and a half, his headache went away. His hands stopped tremoring. He's like, I felt joy for one of the first times in a long time over the small things in life. Come back to the present. Begin to feel. Being real in God's presence. I asked Christy Mesikowski. She went on a, her and Laura Tubwell went on a retreat recently. And I asked uh, Christy, how'd it go? She's like, oh, you know, it was amazing and all this kind of stuff. And, and she, I was like, could you write something up and send it to me? And this is, this is something she wrote. She says, I then spent two hours in the afternoon sitting by the lake and journaling. I have never gotten into journaling. I don't enjoy writing. But during my retreat, it was the one thing that really helped me connect with God. I can't tell you how often I've gone back over my notes since I've been home to get back on track and remind myself of my priorities. It's been an amazing tool that I never knew I could enjoy. Did you hear it? Do you hear it? Enjoy. Enjoying God. Being in God's presence. We begin to feel that we're real, and as we're real, the healing of God's presence comes into us. We begin to hear God's voice. John Mark Comer said, quiet is a kind of balm for emotional healing, and more, an unlocked open door to the spiritual life. I love that, a balm for emotional healing. Hearing God's voice, coming to a place of acceptance, coming to a place of where abiding is the goal, not the fruit that abiding brings.
John Mark Comer said, we come to a place of freedom. Our failures slowly lose their power over us, as do our successes. We get out from under the tyranny of other people's opinions, their disapproval or approval of us, free to just be us, the mixed bag that we are. Nothing more than children with our Father. Adopted into love. Free to be in process, yet to arrive, and that's okay. In silence and solitude, our souls finally come home. Maybe the goal isn't just always where we're going. Maybe it's just to be now. Do, we're, do I want Jayana? Can I not wait for her to, to grow and to change and to feel acceptance and the stability of a home? Sure, but you know what? When she gets up in the morning and she comes out with this, here's what she does. I don't know what it is. There's some sort of therapy going on with the water bottle on her head. You, Christina would probably tell me what that is, or Jesse. But she comes out, and it's like, come here, and she climbs into my lap, and we just cuddle. Maybe that's the goal of the day. Instead of everything else, that I'm preparing for or want her to get to. Are you with me there? Did we ever think that maybe just God wants some time with you? Some special time with his blessed son and daughter? I got to spend a week with Jordan at this basketball tournament. I love watching Jordan play basketball. But you know what the best thing was? Jordan took me out for my birthday. She took me out. No, I paid for it, but she took me out. <laughs> It's called Cash App, right? But she, we found the best steakhouse in Kentucky. You know, I like steak, right? And we just sat together, and we had some deep and powerful exchange of encouraging words and sentiments, and we were together. That was it. What's Jordan going to do in basketball? I don't know. God bless you. Good luck, okay? What I most hope for is more moments like that. What if, you, if you're married today, what if you never had alone time with your spouse? To talk, to be, to share, to love, to make love, to give, to encourage. What if you never had that? Some of us, were so corporate, we're so religious with God, we forget that God wants intimacy. And so he's drawing us to the quiet place. And that never gets old. I don't care if you've been a disciple for 80 years. That never gets old. Amen? We're directed in our souls at rest. Thomas Kelly said, the, the unhurried center of peace and power. This is why Jesus was able to come back and say, I know there's a lot of people that need me back there, but you know what? We need to go here because I'm following the Spirit. Amen? Okay, let's wrap this up. Our pathway into the quiet. Our pathway to the quiet. Just a few principles if you're gonna, that we see from Jesus. First of all, it's got to be intentional. This just doesn't happen, folks. You've got to get your calendar out. I would even maybe even get your calendar out today. How about after church? Get that bad boy out and carve in some time. You know, I just, this is a great message. I feel good. A little tear. Uh, yeah, I think I should get some quiet. Mm, off to uh, the British Open. Off to the Bucks game. 
You know, no, get the calendar out and put that in there. Amen. And it doesn't need to be, if you've done this for years, maybe it needs to be an extended time. If you've never done this, just put something in there tomorrow. Maybe it's 15 minutes early with a cup, a good cup of Starbucks and open up to Matthew and just read about Jesus. Just for a few minutes. It will change you. It will bless you. Be intentional. Secondly, be relentless. Jesus was relentless in getting to the quiet. It's not going to be easy. There's forces of evil opposing it. Be relentless. I appreciate, uh, I asked him if I could share this. The other day I was hanging out with Connor Moose. And Connor was like, yeah, I went to Big Falls at 6 in the morning. I'm like, what would you do at Big Falls at 6 in the morning? I just wanted some alone, quiet time with God. I'm like, what? You go, Connor. Like, it's working. <laughs> Someone's listening to me. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe he's listening to his dad or his big brother. I don't know. But I'm like, Connor, that's awesome. Tell me about it. Can I share about that or whatever? Here is a 18-year-old, 16-year-old, I don't know. He's young, okay? He's relentless. He wants that time. Um, be forceful. Be forceful, okay? Uh, Jesus had to be firm. No disciples, time to go. Boat, other side. And by the way, did they struggle on that little trip to the other side? Uh-huh. Do you think Jesus knew they'd struggle? Yep. And guess what? Good things come out of struggling. So let's try to stop, stop the stop trying to keep everyone else from struggling. Okay? They're going to struggle. Maybe they'll grow a relationship with God through the struggle. Okay? Uh, be forceful. Be frequent. Jesus often withdrew. And be rhythmic. Once a day, once a week, once a season, once every seven years. You know, what are the rhythms of your soul? As you experiment with this, you'll find that if you can get this in rhythm, uh, there's going to be depths. And it takes the pressure off. Oh, i got to have this amazing quiet like Jesus did and come recent. No, just try it and then come back tomorrow. It takes the pressure off. Amen? Be rhythmic. Guys, let's head into communion. Focus on Jesus. Aren't we glad Jesus escaped the noise and went to the quiet, the garden of Gethsemane? He went to the quiet, and he struggled, and he wrestled, and by the power of the Spirit overcame. And out of that quiet place said, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And he went all the way to the cross, through the cross, into the grave, and resurrected. And that's what we're celebrating and remembering, the resurrection. And he lives today. And he's calling us. Let's join him, escaping the noise and getting into the quiet. Let's make some decisions as we commune with Jesus. Let's pray.